Christian E's Hot Topic. Hey, everybody. Christian E's Hot Topic. Hot Topic. Thank you. It wouldn't be a hot topic if Jared didn't go. Hot Topic. There you go. Practice that in the mirror for days. Yes. How are so you? we were just talking. Mm-hmm. About your fascination with MMA. Mixed martial arts for those who are not privy to not, that. Not in the know. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Yep. Uh, I'm curious. You're a very... Um, Slight man? Thank you. <laughs> that was better. Very metrosexual <laughs> what man. I was struggling for. <laughs> I say that as myself. <laughs> a slight person. <laughs> a slight man. That's great. Oh, my yes. gosh. Uh, you're not a violent person. Yeah. So what is the allure of the very Roman uh, MMA for you? Oh is it gosh. that you want to get in the octagon and just beat frustration out on people? Okay, Dr. Freud, I'm glad you brought this up because there's a lot of things going on in my heart about <laughs> Tell this. Tell me about your childhood, Dan. <laughs> what, what went on? Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there was a lot of bullying that went on when I was a kid. Yeah. I did uh, have to leave a junior high because there was so much fighting that did went on. Did you really? And I was not somebody, I never wanted to fight, but I got to a point where I was pushed to the point where I was like, yeah, I did fight back. But I, I think there's probably, I think there's a part of that in all of us where, especially guys, totally. like, it, it's kind of fun to watch somebody, and I hate to admit this, but it's kind of fun to watch somebody pummel somebody else, but I think in an organized way, like I don't want to watch a street fight because I don't want somebody to really get hurt. But there's, How many shivs did you make in junior high? Uh, like just melting several, stuff into toothbrushes? It depends. If you count the ones that I made, two out of platinum. That did are, you really? Yeah, they're Those are valuable. Yeah, they hold up a lot better, and they're easier to conceal. That's true. Yeah. How many How many do you have on you right now? I can't, I can't really divulge an, that. You got an EDC? You got an everyday carry kind of thing? <laughs> Look, Jared pulls out his pocket knife. He's EDC, got an EDC. Oh. EDC every day. You're, Listen, you're way that's, hipper. That, that's a workhorse right there. You're way hipper that's than I am. That's a workhorse. I don't have an EDC. Uh, but I think there's... I, I just Also, as a kid, I loved watching Muhammad Ali... Uh, a boxing was big because my dad liked to watch boxing, so I like to watch boxing. But that's different. Like I feel like boxing is not that it's like high class, but I feel like MMA is like one level above street fighting. Well, sea urchin, okay, street youths, and, and I see your point with that. But and I think at first blush you would say, "Oh yeah, it's just it's brutal and it's just." But if you look at the art behind it and you look at the science behind it, for instance, most guys now and gals who are who are fighters in mixed martial arts, whether it's UFC, whether it's Bellator, whatever it is, they can do everything. So it's not, they're very good strikers, they're good boxers, but they're also now Brazilian jiu-jitsu, judo, wrestling. I mean, it's more like, I, I, do you know uh, Bruce Lee? Are you famili- familiar with? I've heard of, of the Bruce. Bruce Lee? Yeah. Okay, so Bruce Lee taught Jeet Kune Do, which was his kind of form of, and once, once he got to America, he realized, oh my gosh, all this kung fu that I was doing really is not going to phase a lot of these Americans who were fighting, uh, like Chuck Norris, different people who were starting to do that whole thing of like many, many different disciplines within one fighting form. And so he came up with Jeet Kune Do, which basically was boxing, it was grappling, it had a lot of things. And I think that's kind of where we've evolved with fighting now is these people can do all kinds of things. And when you see somebody who can who can submit somebody with, uh, you know, jujitsu, you're like, holy smoke, so on the ground they're deadly, standing up they're deadly, then Muay Thai they can kick you to death in the leg, and you're like, oh, gosh, that doesn't hurt until you look down and you see a huge contusion in your, a contusion in your leg. But it's just kind of, there's a science behind it, you know what I mean? Well, I know this. Yes. I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free to own a gun and not have to worry about doing that, right? So that's why you have concealed carry, is yeah, that right? right? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to fight, but listen, at the slightest provocation, I'll shoot you dead hey, in the middle of an intersection. Welcome back to Christianese, everybody. We talk about guns and fighting. It's that's perfect. Right. Shoot him dead. Okay, two stories yeah. in that regard. Yes. One, uh, I did Taekwondo growing up. Okay, me too. Um, which was fun. I yes, really enjoyed it. I did too. 
Uh, I am a green belt, so Are I'd, you? I'd watch out. God, you're better than I am. I was a white belt. Uh, to get my green belt, I had to do splits on chairs. Um, <laughs> you did not. Did. On cinder blocks or on, chairs? On chairs, yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, nice. So that, yeah, that explains probably a lot about me. Um, <laughs> but the thing I hated yeah. was sparring. And yeah. like we had to yeah, do yeah. this sometimes. And like yeah, I, I feel like all, I, I did it. So at the missionary kid school I was at, our yeah. PE class was Taekwondo. So all of my classmates, all my friends, were, we would all do Taekwondo together. And then we'd have to spar each other. Yeah. And as a slight, non-super aggressive person, like I would get in there and they would all transform into like these angry guys who could like roundhouse kick me to the face. And I, I would just like literally run around the mat and they would chase <laughs> me until it was over. But then we did this competition one time and I was like the toughest guy in my class. I had to fight him, but he was also shorter than I was. Okay. So, so like he was like landing serious blows on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the highest point was for a hit to the head. And so I just kept like literally booping him in the head. <laughs> booping literally him? like booping him. Is that a Taekwondo move? Because yeah, I missed that the, one. It's a roundhouse boop. Oh my gosh. Uh, did that and I ended up winning the competition. And I feel horrible about it because like he was a much better fighter and was like landing deathly blows on me. And then he'd come in and be like, boop. <laughs> And like four boops later, I, I won the trophy. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, see, now I sparred a little bit too, but I didn't mind the striking sparring. Yeah, I get that. I won't think I'd want to do that now just because uh, I don't know. I'd want to get my face messed up because I have had some surgery. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a nose job. Did you? Years ago, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I want to pay to have that done. I again. love your eyebrow job, by the way. Lowering them Thank three you. inches. That's collagen. Great that's, idea. That's all collagen, uh, actually. So if you guys want to go to my website, dancehatchoff.com, you can uh, pick up my <laughs> collagen kit uh, designed by... Uh, it is made in North Korea. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but you know what, what? What fascinates me now is, I, and you and I were talking. I would like to go do Brazilian jiu-jitsu because, to me, that sparring again—you're not striking, and you can hurt somebody, but you can tap. You know what I mean? So again, you're most likely not going to get—you're going to get bruised up a little bit. You do with anything, right? But yeah. I love the the science behind of trying to figure out. Oh, what's this hold? How do you counter that? Because I did wrestle a little bit too, and I enjoyed. I enjoy. That's close to wrestling. You know what I mean? So, well, have you thought? I mean, you're out here in Canyon Country. You thought about doing like a fight club out here, like just uh, kind of get on a cul-de-sac, you kind of wall it off. And first of all, you don't. I think that's assuming that I'm not doing that. That's true. Because I mean, if I were doing it, rule. what's the first rule? Right. Right. What is the first? Well, rule? I don't even want to say it. Well, I think you should just. To Can prepare. I just say it? Yeah. You don't talk about fight club. Why did you say that? You're not supposed to say Dang it. it. See, I tricked you. You're such a. I'm gonna look you know at what? that. Come here. I'm gonna boop you on the head. Come here. Oh, yeah. Would you boop I'm me? I'm gonna boop you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. No. But I've thought about it. As a matter of fact, okay. Here's getting back to a weird, a, a weird callback situation. But you and I, when you were sitting with me the night that my mom passed, remember the nurse who was in there, and he runs a he co-runs oh, yeah. a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place over here in Canyon Country, and he was like, yeah, "Hey, that's right. I forgot about that." We were just. He was so, so cool because he was disarming. He knew the tension in that moment. He's like, "Hey, we." I, I don't even remember how it came up but he was did you like, ever check it out uh, i have I've, I've i haven't gone in to officially check it out but i know where it is and i'm seriously thinking about for the new year i might want to because it's also a great workout those uh the brazilian jiu-jitsu from what i've heard is a really good a good work i mean again i'm not gonna that's I, better than the yoga you normally do right well and jazzercise <laughs> yeah um Gosh. and i have i bought a thigh master i found one on ebay you're working on a richard simmons reboot aren't you uh yeah, it's it's called Richard Simmons uh Dose Workouts. I don't know was, what it's that called. was great. Yeah, that was a great was improv, great. wasn't it? I'm glad we waited for that one. Uh, that was that was some of my poorest improv ever. Uh, I need another cup of coffee. Uh but I don't, have you thought about like are you a workout guy? Do you run? I like to run, yeah. I'm doing a a thing now 
we've done this, I think this is our third year, uh, where from Thanksgiving to New Year's, you run at least a mile a day every day. Really? You can do more, but you got to at least do a mile. And that's been, that's really good at like, <laughs> it was funny, I stepped on the scale this morning because I'd probably run, you know, 15-ish miles a week. Do you um, really? 15 to 17, maybe 18 miles a week the last three or four. Like definitely run more than I've run the last year. And I stepped on the scale like, come on, progress. And it was the same as like three months ago. And so I was like, well, <laughs> at least I haven't gained any more weight. You know, I'm, I'm just staying, yeah, yeah, staying yeah, yeah. the course. I had a donut this morning. Yeah, There's more donuts back at church. I'm probably going to have a donut for lunch. So it's okay. You know, it all evens out in the end. See, you and I are so much alike in that way because like right now I got a bum knee that uh, I'm so embarrassed to say this because the way my frame is put together, of course I do. Your slight frame? I, I, I'm a slender man. And I do the, the least impact possible and I forgot an orthopedist told me years ago the way you're built like it hurt my knee she was like don't do the elliptical because the way it's built I've known other people uh, the way you're built I've known other people like you it hurts your knee so what do I do about five weeks ago is I'm like hey there's no line for the elliptical <laughs> I'm gonna I do it two days in a row and all of a sudden I've got my knee jacked up well it's gout too right well the bathtub gin? yeah it's the bathtub tub gin and then the uh, the raw prime rib that I consume <laughs> right. which is tartar if you will right uh, but so unless I am working out all the time which then I have to do it with diet which I hate because I l- like you I like mm. to eat any and all things have to eat I mean must eat and I eat things that are horrible for me like hot dogs like yeah. Reuben sandwiches like like I'm not even as much of a sweet guy but give no. me yeah. the savory Cheese melted, beefy, yes. whatever Every it is. Time, and and now I'm forced to the last past few weeks. I'm trying to do it and maintain with dieting, which is driving me. Man, I sound like the biggest pansy right now. I no, because you said you want to go do MMA. Yeah, right. I'm the one who told you that I run away, you know, in the midst of the sparring. But but yeah, it's like if you're not do if you don't have that's what's what's made me realize this the past five weeks, man. Without the, I will be so thankful if I ever get the use of this knee again, where I can go work out. Because do a faith healing right now. You want to do it afterwards? (laughs) Do you have any serpents under the desk? $1,000 seed, and I'll lock it down for you. <laughs> hey, everybody, right now, if you just hey, call in. Listen, put your hand up to your headphone, touch it. I feel you it. You can feel the healing. Oh, I just fell down. I feel good. I feel the electricity through my and body. And shaking on the floor. Now, like many things, like most things in my life that I've done that are worth doing, I got into running on a dare. Someone told me, like, you, okay. you'll never join the cross-country team at college. I went to a Bible college. I think I've said this before. I went to Bible college. They just needed, like warm bodies to get across the finish line at some point during the day. <laughs> yeah. So they let me walk on and like just discovered that I love it. There's a um uh, there's a book that just came out and I haven't read the book, but uh the author was on a podcast that I listened to and he was talking about uh just how running is is like therapy for him. It's catharsis. And it was interesting because yeah. there were a bunch of people calling in saying the same kind of thing. And that is so true. Like I I love to run because I, oh, I yeah. you know I feel better physically and I can eat whatever I want. But it really like mentally it just does. kind of clears the head. You know, you have a hard day and you go home and you oh, run yeah. it, run it out a couple miles and and just feel better about life. So I'm curious, like when people don't have an outlet, as I have in many points of my life not yeah. had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel like it kind of it builds up. And then you have to go into an MMA gym and just smash a face. You know what I mean? Right. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, I think there's something to be said for whatever it is. The, the other thing I like about that, like 
I do run sometimes, but it's it gets so stinking boring for me. Like it's just now you run outside, I run on the treadmill. Yeah, I can't do treadmills. Okay, like, even the TV doesn't mitigate it how does, boring it is. Right. So I mean, that's the other thing for me is whether it's uh, a competitive thing, like if you're playing racquetball or if you're doing an MMA thing. At least you're it's active and it's stimulating and not just that sterile kind of like that's the hard thing for me when I do cardio is like trying to find something to keep my mind engaged. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not just so stinking boring. Yeah, totally. But it's soul to your, squelching. To your point, it is. I feel better emotionally and and physically because you know you get endorphin rushes. You, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of physiological benefits, as we all know, to exercise and especially cardio. Getting it, getting it up there, and then uh, you know, for for clarity of mind, and then being able to study some scripture. Right. Yep. Right. 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 See, bringing it all back around. Yeah, bringing it all back, Dan. And I'm glad you brought Thank it you. all back. Uh, last week we got. To talk to your buddy Patrick Keene. Patrick Keene. That was an awesome conversation. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the last conversation we had with Brian about eternity mm-hmm. and then talking to Patrick, it's it just been interesting for me to. I mean, I have this this theory. I say theory, it's actually in the Bible. Um, we, we talked about it with Brian that Solomon talks about the fact that God has written eternity on the heart of man. Right. And I, I just am fascinated to to talk to more people and see to the extent to which they recognize that. Mm-hmm. And to the extent to which they they squelch that, yes, um, you know. And Brian talked uh, the last time we talked about eternity, just just talking about how he hasn't had that catalyst in his life that has really caused him to stop and reflect on that. Yeah. But even still, there's kind of this nagging feeling of he admitted when he walks outside, there must be something, must be more. Something. Yeah. Uh, you know that I have a pretty sheltered background, so I've mostly just been in and around church people. But as you've kind of Live your worldly life, Dan. Oh, thank you. A, a man of the people. Yeah. I don't know. What, what's your sense? You, you feel like people are aware of eternity? Is that something that people are aware of and put away? Is it something that they have kind of a nagging feeling they don't think about? Kind of what's your sense on that? I used to think that it was people just totally unaware, and I still think there are some people that are truly... Uh, there are probably a few people who are post-Christian to the point where just they don't even have a point of reference. Like, I've referenced this before. I did a uh, series in Canada, and when I was up there, I noticed for the most part Canadians for as a, as a group, and this is a generalization, but most of the people I met, super nice people, really great people, but so the most post-Christian, even way more post-Christian than Americans, I found, uh, somewhere like Canada. And, and in that context, they just didn't even seem to have a point of reference. But most people anymore that I come across... Uh, what it says in Romans kind of resonates with me is that men have, yeah. have stuffed that down. They've suppressed it, the knowledge of God. And right. it's just like, it's there, it's nagging at some, in some form, but it's been, it's really been stuffed down. Yeah. When I was, we were talking to Brian, I was thinking, I mean, this is, this is in a sense true for a lot of Christians, right? Cause we talk yeah. sometimes about ways that Christians live as practical atheists, right? The busyness of life kind of crowds out. And so, yep. You know, while you're in relationship with God through Christ, um, there's a sense in which you go hours or days or weeks or sometimes even months without really kind of living a intentionally and aware life of worship. Yes, right? and yeah. I think I, I think from the conversations I'm having, I'm seeing that in a way that makes sense. That's true of people that there's these moments where kind of the clouds part, the busyness of life stops, and you're forced to ask deep existential questions. Most right. of us don't live there. All, the, all time, the time, right? Yeah. I think I don't think you really can, but no. I think for people, it's those moments of losing somebody or having a disappointment, or even just having time away to stop and think, where kind of that nagging, gnawing feeling of is this is this it? Yes, is there. And I think it's as Christians, it's it's being 
It's being in relationship with people and it's being forward in your faith so that as people ask those questions, they feel confident coming to talk to you and you've already had conversations that would lead them when they ask that question to go, okay, maybe my worldview is not enough. Maybe the worldview of this Christian that I know is enough. What are your thoughts? Uh, I I agree. And I think part of it too is um, for, you know, I think it's to what you said, I think it's being in relationship uh, with people, but also uh, not staying in such a relationship that you're in a bubble all of the time and allowing some of those circumstances to happen that will be a catalyst. For instance, as a class in our in our church recently, you and I and some other people, we, we served at a homeless shelter. Right. Now, again, that's... <laughs> The one time I think I've done that this year, yeah, I'm not a regular contributor to that, but when I was there, it hits me as it does when you see somebody who is less fortunate, somebody who's struggling, even somebody who is just daily struggling with whatever, um, you know, it, it it becomes a catalyst. Okay, I, I just I have to I have to talk about the <laughs> Dan's wife Jill's in here doing limbo, trying to get five hundred pound gorilla in the room, not to compare you with a five hundred <laughs> oh, pound gorilla. But so we're we're having this conversation as Jill is literally crawling around trying to get into a file because as you know we don't have a studio we're in my little office in our house uh, anyway thank you Jill uh, no I completely agree and that's one of the things I love about being involved in the the women's shelter that we're involved with down in Silmar yeah um, because we get to to be with these women and their families as they go through these crisis moments where they're clearly recognizing in a really kind of rock bottom kind of way that what they've had is not enough. Yeah. And it's just wonderful to get to speak the the gospel of Jesus Christ into their life and to identify the brokenness that their sin has caused, but to also point to the redemption and transformation that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Now, that's like a polar end of the spectrum, right? People right. who have lived on right. Skid Row. Yes. That's kind of an obvious thing. But I think there's a sense in which in Valencia, California, in Santa Monica, in Beverly Hills, in any place all over the world, there are people who have the veneer of comfort and wealth. Absolutely. And yet it's like one of those it's like a tree that's hollow in the inside. Yes. Right? And I think it's coming to that realization by God's grace, sometimes through crises in life where you recognize this is all, everything I have is not enough, it's fake, it's And empty. it's passing away, and I think we need, I I was convicted of that this morning, uh, you know, we went through James a little while ago, and the, you know, the whole idea of faith without works is dead, and I lull myself into this sense because I am such a selfish looking out for my interests, for number one, especially, you know, the holidays, uh, how much do we have, where are we going to eat, what are we going to buy, and it just, but my life is that so many times, I mean, that's a huge battle, and and, and really, we, I think, you know, as Christians, we got to look at, too, we, we, we've got to look at what, and, and again, we're not saying good works for the sake of good works, but our hearts should be changed if we're truly professing Christians to uh, to acknowledge the fact that we need to, there are there are good works that the Father has has planned for us to do, right? Right, right. So, so we need Ephesians to get, talks right, about, right, we need to get out there and we need to, we need to do those things, and that's what I'm convicted of all the time. And I, I hate that word because it's such a Christianese word, I guess. But right. I, but it but it works in this situation. Um, I, I'm realizing more and more, and that's one of those instances that made me think of that. And just like I, I'm hoping in the coming in the coming years that I can be more effective that way, seeking out all kinds of people, not just the cliche, hey, the homeless shelter or this or that, those things are great too, but just people that we come across so many times in daily life who are struggling and suffering and we don't take a minute to really hear somebody out. Well, and, and I think we've talked about this before, that we can't save anyone, right? It's no, not that I just no. speak the gospel into the air around no. you and I've done my job, no. right? But I think we're faithful to build relationships with people 
um, so that when those moments of crises come, which are really God wrought, right? Yes. They're not fabricated. It's not just circumstantial. Um, you could that, speak into this. That we have the kind of relationship with them where we can help them identify. There was also a time in my life when I realized that, though different, this is similar, that, yes. that I also I was empty and broken in my sin apart from Christ, and that right. I was made to be in relationship with God in Christ, right? right? That is the thing that I was made for that brings right. him the most glory and me the greatest satisfaction. Right. And I think it's not burning bridges right. um, or, or trying to fabricate those catalyst moments. I right. think a lot of times, yeah. so, sometimes our evangelism is, is centered on fabricating a moment where you'll come to a conclusion that yeah. the Spirit of God isn't leading somebody to, right? That's right. And in trying to fabricate that, you yeah. cut off all other avenues to have good conversations with people. Right. So to recognize that there's, yeah, it's not just the homeless shelter. There's people around us yeah. who have eternity written on their hearts, yeah. and there could come a point in their life where God's going to open their eyes and show them just the emptiness of life apart from Him. And, and, God has uniquely placed us in neighborhoods, in jobs, in families, in friend groups, around those kind of people to be able to speak hope into their life. Yes, and so not only be prepared to speak hope into their life, which we need to be prepared to make a defense and to to speak those things, but also getting back to what we talked about in terms of jujitsu, MMA, hobbies, sports. Let's, I think as Christians yeah, too, let's right. get involved in those things with an intentionality that I'm not only am I going to do it and just do it for me because I want to do this, but is that an opportunity for us to build relationships? Be salt and light. Be salt and light. And as opposed to sitting up our churches on a hill, like, hey, we're here. <laughs> yeah. If you need us, the door's open between right. 9 to 5. And both things are necessary. You need that community. You need that relationship. The church is important, but also it's hugely important for us to get outside of that and to really put into action, which I think has been great with this podcast, is it's challenged you and I in a lot of ways where, you know, things sound good in theory in the laboratory a lot of times uh, of Christianity where, hey, if I just say this and this and this and this and this, and then you, you discount the sovereignty of God that you say that, and it, like Brian famously said to us uh, several podcasts ago, great story, great story, you know, yeah. boom, it just bounced off of him, and it may not, it may not affect him now, but that doesn't... That doesn't mean we don't give the gospel, we don't speak into that, and it also doesn't mean that we quit. This might be too much navel-gazing here, but that's why I love what we get to do <laughs> here in talking to Brian and others, right, is to yeah. continue having those kind of conversations yeah. and and not cutting off avenues of getting to talk. Right. right. That's it. Um, so oh. thanks for listening to A Hot Topic. Yeah. Uh, you can get Dan's new book, Roundhousing Sin to the Face. Yep. It's going to be uh, a HarperCollins. Powerful HarperCollins, Harper yeah. Powerful devotional about how to use MMA techniques in the spiritual battle. Absolutely. And if it makes you feel any better, as soon as we wrap this podcast today, I'm going to beat the holy tar out of uh, out of Jared. Uh, just because he needs a good holy beating. From one again. slight man to another. Here we go. Absolutely. Hey, slighties unite. <laughs> That's right. We'll see you next time unite. on Hot Topic. Hot Topic.